Welcome back to the in-laws podcast. I'm Brianne. And I'm Sophia. We're two law students who created this podcast to talk about law school, law talk, and everything in between. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the in-laws pod and our law school pages at Sophinlaw and at Brianne in law. For this week's episode, we're going to be talking about our tips and just general advice and things to look out for for your summer position, whether that be a summer internship or a summer associate position. So most of what we're going to say is like very general. Obviously, we both have experience doing like more firm work. Brianne also has experience in the public defender's office. So just keep that in mind while we give this advice. But I think a lot will be applicable no matter what kind of legal position you're doing in the summer. Yeah, for sure. I think it can be, it translates to a lot of different positions because generally what people are looking for from interns in legal spaces, at least, is very consistent. Yep. And I think you really realize in the summer why there's such an emphasis put on legal writing. So Mm -hmm. we're in legal writing. (laughs) Please take it seriously. I beg of you because you will be doing that in some capacity. You will be writing. Yeah. I would say take it seriously. Pay attention to like the core things that you're learning. But I literally, I think I wrote one formal memo my entire summer. So I think that's, that's like a big discussion in the the legal writing world. Like, do we still need to be teaching law students how to write memos? Because typically attorneys don't want them anymore. Yeah. I think something to keep in mind too is it really depends on where you're working and the size of it, because I had friends who worked at a lot smaller firms and they did a lot of writing, especially my friends who did criminal defense work, but at a private firm, they were writing briefs, they were writing motions. So just keep that in mind, you know, because depending on what kind of thing you're going into for the summer, there will be different writing expectations. Absolutely. So like my first summer um, in public defense, all I was writing up, like the only formal things I'd write up would be like very, very quick emails about like case research, like find a case that says this or like, look this up for me. Um, And then I did doc review, like discovery review. And that was a lot of like creating charts and like uh, just, you know, creating maps with different pinpoints of cell towers. And it's very unique. (laughs) It's a very unique set of skills. However, I will say it did help my creeping abilities quite a bit. That's very true. You are top notch at that. Okay. We did ask for questions. We did not get a lot. We only got two from the page. I feel like like when I was like a 1L, I didn't even know what to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went in very like unprepared. Like people gave me a lot of random advice, but I didn't know the context. Like I couldn't understand the context that the advice would be useful in. So I was just like, okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the first question is any internship tips for high school students? This is something that we've talked about before. Neither of us did like true internships before law school. Uh, so I don't really have <laughs> anything to say to that. 
No, I think like when you are in high school doing internships, and I don't mean to like downplay high schoolers doing internships, but the impression that you're making on the office is much more important than the actual work that you're doing. Like they're not actually relying on you to do incredibly important work. You're probably going to be doing clerical tasks. Um, even like in the public defender's office, they had undergrads and they were not allowed to do any legal work. Like they were just doing clerical work. Yeah. Um, Honestly, that makes the most sense to me because you, you have, you're unskilled. You're an unskilled laborer at that point. Right. But I think just communication is always going to be like the most important thing in any internship, whether you're high school undergrad or in the legal field. Um, so I think always be good at communicating and just be like responsive and respectful. Ask a lot of questions because mm -hmm. you don't know anything yet. Yeah. I, the thing about this question, and I think this could apply to undergrad as well, these things could be a quick Google search. Like just Google like internships in X city and this thing and start looking through it because there will be people talking. You just have to find the sites or the threads or the resources that people are talking about or even search on Instagram because at this point there are so many blogs, there are so many pages, there are so many pre-law pages of people sharing their experiences. And if you're following somebody who maybe they're from the same city or it's like a nationwide like internship or something, you could reach out to that person and be like, hey, I see that you did this internship. Can you tell me about it? Like, what's the vibe? How do I get into it? How do I apply? That kind of stuff. Because I think especially now, a lot of law students are really good at sharing like what they've done and how to help other people get into what they've done. Yeah, I think like my my biggest tip is just like locate people who have done the exact internship that you're doing or like as close as you can get and ask them for advice. Also, when you get to undergrad, I didn't take advantage of this because I was never pre-law, but I feel like most schools have a pre-law advisor, if not a few, and there's also gonna be like a pre-law group or there's a lot of like pre-law fraternities that exist. So those are people who are either going to have resources, know people who will have resources or be like providing panels or resources that you can go and listen to, talk to, to get that information from. So the information is out there. You just, you just gotta look for it. Yeah, I, I almost think like the biggest advantage to doing an internship in high school or undergrad is like being able to see what lawyers actually do because a lot of people go into law school not knowing what lawyers actually do on a day-to-day -day basis. And the only thing they're <laughs> like, the only foundation of a lawyer they have is based on like suits or legally blonde. And it's just like super wrong. Yeah. Um, so even if you aren't able to do internships, I think like joining pre-law societies or pre-law fraternities can be really helpful in that way. Okay. This one is like pretty general, but it'll get us into the next part of the, the episode. So it's how should you prepare and do they give you any orientation on practical skills before you start? They give you a shit ton of orientation. At least, I mean, at both of mine, I have gotten multiple day orientations. Same for me for my summer position and also for my internship during the school year. We had a lot of training. A lot. Um, 
in public defense in that internship, I think we had three days of orientation and just like training on how the court system in North Carolina works because every state's different and like, God, it's a headache to try to figure it out. Um, and then like how to do criminal record checks. Like how do you do a client interview? Um, basically taught all of the skills we needed for the summer. We took a tour of the jail, got to meet like the people in the jail we'd be working with. And then for my law firm, we had, I believe also three days of orientation up front. And then we had a weekly meeting with like the supervisors and that would be like even more orientation or we'd get like a presentation from a certain practice group about the work that they do. Um, so it was like, you got a lot of information. Yeah, same. Ours was also three days of orientation where we learned like the history of the firm. We got a tour. We learned like the library system. We learned the billing system. We learned how to use the technology because we got firm laptops. Um, we learned how to do all of the things in the email, how to do documents within the email, send documents, like all of the technical stuff we learned right off the bat. And then we had like follow-up trainings throughout the summer. We had a weekly Friday meeting with like our whole team. So all of the summers as well as the summer program um, leaders. And then we also had weekly team meetings. So we had a lunch or a breakfast with every single one of the, the teams at the firm. And then we had different trainings throughout. So we learned like a lot about the library system, we learned billing, tech, all of that. So right off the bat, we like got a lot of information. You also get like instructions and you get like the firm's policies too. So on our first day, we got like a whole, we basically got like the firm handbook. So they like talked us through the handbook and like the expectations and things like that were very clear from the beginning. Yeah. We also had like, at my firm, we had our own page on like their intranet that had a bunch of information. So like we were given orientation on all of that, but then there was also like a resource we could always go to if we didn't remember anything. That's smart. That's a good idea in their part. Um, oh the second part of that question that I read off like 10 minutes ago at this point was, do they teach you practical skills? Okay. The thing about that is there is a threshold expectation, in my opinion, of what they expect you to be able to do based on your age, your experience, et cetera, to how much time you've been in law school. As mm -hmm. a 1L, obviously there are expectations of you. There are expectations of your communication, your work ethic, that kind of stuff but they know that you've only gone through one year of law school. They yeah. know. However, you still need to do your best and you still need to ask questions when you don't know what's going on because there will be times and things that you don't understand and you don't know what's going on. And that's when you ask. And then as an addendum to that, in my experience, we obviously were expected to know how to write and know how to write clearly but we also got like a writing training thing in the middle of the summer where they were like, yes, we know that you've been taught how to write. These are some certain expectations that we have of this type of writing. We'll give you examples of something that we think is good and something that we think is great. And it was very much review, which was good, which just 
like affirmed to me that we were taught writing well in school before we got there. But that's something, you know, to keep in mind, like they will have expectations of you. But if you're a one on you have no experience, like they know that they know that when they hired you, but you still need to do your best. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> you definitely learn a lot. But like. They're not expecting you to be working as an attorney. And when you're like working on bankruptcy and healthcare and litigation all at once, they're not expecting you to have like a foundation in that area of law. Um, so they will like, typically attorneys will like point you to exactly the resource that you need to like understand the foundation of it. Unless you get a, a bad assigning attorney, which happens, it happens. And then you just go find an associate who can explain things to you. Yeah. You're like, please help me. I'm not sure what I'm doing. Go to whoever they assigned as your mentor <laughs> and be like, I'm going to throw up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am freaking stressed. <laughs> oh my God. There was one time, it was like truly towards the end of the summer and one of the other summers got this assignment that she like knew nothing about. And she was like, oh my God, I have not been able to like meet with the person that I'm supposed to meet with. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Da, da, da. So then we all were running around, like telling everybody, like everybody who is an associate, like on this team, like she's really stressed. Like as soon as he's done doing whatever he's doing, like, please tell him to like go to her office. Like she doesn't have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just, you know, you look out for each other. Right. And hopefully you'll get some assignments where at least you and another summer will be on the same assignment, which makes things a lot better. Yeah, it does. It's nice to have a partner on some things. Yeah. All right. Should we go into our specific tips and advice? Yeah. I think my biggest tip, and I've already kind of hinted at this, but your kind of work mindset is going to be more important than the product that you turn out most of the time. Like if you are showing effort and being diligent and like communicative and timely even if you get things wrong, which like I got things wrong over summer, um, you're going to leave a good impression. I remember like <laughs> this one assignment I was doing, I, you know, I don't mess with property. You know, I don't mess with property. And of course, like I got asked to do an assignment that dealt with like property. <laughs> and I just like, really thought that I found the case and I went in and he was like actually no like condos are treating treated differently than apartments and I was like what the fuck <laughs> like just like I just got it like completely wrong um but he was like no like this is really good work like and then gave me like a really good review and was like, I can't wait to work with you in the future and was like super nice about it because I did 
try (laughs) and like did everything right. I just didn't have that, like that foundational knowledge of New York state property law. (laughs) That's so true. Mine is sort of like a riff off of that in a way, like make whatever your project, your writing assignment, whatever it is, write it like that's what's directly going to the client to the best of your ability because no matter where you're working the expectations like like I said earlier like I had friends who were working at smaller firms who they were literally doing the attorney's work like they were writing the briefs they were writing the motions the attorneys would review them and send them in like they were the attorneys for the summer um that was not my experience and that's not usually going to be your experience in big law Mm -hmm. Um, but that was like still the expectation that whatever you wrote was going to be as close as possible to whatever would be shown to the client or whatever piece of somebody else's memo that you were working on could just be easily inserted into the larger memo. Um, and like, you just have to do it to the best of your ability, even if they get it and they're, you know, they're like, this is wrong or sure. These parts are right. And now we have to chop it up and like do whatever. So Yeah, that was definitely advice that I got that whatever you're writing, you should, you should kind of work it to be readable by a client. So not only like making sure that it's like good enough to go to a client and accurate if it doesn't get like the kind of checking that you would hope it would get, but like, don't use legalese, like make it... (laughs) understandable (laughs) understandable because no one actually wants to read asshole legalese writing yeah yeah I think like there's this general misconception um about like academia especially when it comes to the legal field like you just because you know a lot of big words and you know how to use them does not mean what you wrote is the smartest thing And I think in a way that's like a really hard pill to swallow because growing up, like, especially, I mean, in my experience, I really associated like knowing a lot of things or knowing like complex things or knowing a lot of like intricate words or like fancy words or like the higher, the higher level words for, you know, easy things. Like that was like how you showed people that you were smart. They don't care. They want to be able to read it. You don't need to say additionally, additionally, additionally. You can literally just say also. Don't say so that. Just say because. Like, just say because. Yeah. I, I, and also, if you are interested in criminal defense work, you really, really need to pay attention to how you're speaking because a lot of the time, your clients will not have the same vocabulary that you have. Um, Not a problem for me because my vocabulary isn't shit. Um, I am incapable of using big words. I don't know how to pronounce them. I only ever read them. I never spoke them. Um, But I remember my first summer, an attorney telling me like, you cannot use the word subsequently. People don't know what that means. And it's, Like you think, oh yeah, I know not to use like SAT words, but like you really do need to keep it simple in a lot of 
legal writing. Yeah. Like, truly way simpler than you would ever expect. Like, good quality writing in the legal field, good readable writing in the legal field is very different from what you think of as, like, high academia. Oh, it's so different. And that's that's why people think it's boring, because it really is, like, it should be very, very simple. And that does make it a little bit boring. It's very, like, calculated. Unless you get permission from your attorneys to be bitchy in the writing. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite. That was my favorite. I turned in, <laughs> I turned in the draft of a brief and my assigning attorney who listens to this podcast was like, this could be meaner. And I was like, I can do that. All right. What's your next tip? My next tip is um, a really weird one. But um, when you're going to lunch, don't just order salad. <laughs> Wait, no, because this is just something that I, I'm a person who like, when I go to a restaurant, I need to know what restaurant I'm going to beforehand. I need to look at the menu. I need to find like, what is going to be my safe option. And so I always like will default to just getting like a Caesar salad if I'm like put on the spot. And I had so many partners be like we are literally paying for it the firm is paying for it get something other than a salad (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just like I can't like it's too much pressure (laughs) I had like I I think the only time I let like the attorneys peer pressure me was um one of the younger partners took us to a place and was like, let's get sushi. And I was like, I have never eaten sushi before. And he was like, that's fine. I'll order for you. Like, okay. I was like, okay. I'm trusting you with my life right now. Yeah, literally. But I think you do come across as like a little boring if you're just eating salads all of the time. And it's also less fun. Don't be afraid to like get what you actually want to get. Yeah, that doesn't mean get something that's super messy, though. No, no. You don't want to bring, like, a whole extra outfit every single day. Or, like, don't get sauce, like, the sauce on the fingers, and then you don't want to deal with the napkin. You want to eat something that you can eat, like, very clean. Mm -hmm. Very clean. And you want to be able to talk while you're eating it. Because uh, making conversation and like making impressions during these lunches is actually way more important than I thought going in. Oh yeah. I'll I'll stick on a similar vein. My advice, and I, I think I've said this on my TikTok before, make sure you have like a go-to beverage. Does not have to be alcoholic, but you need something easy that you can order or like they're always gonna have at firm events. Because you will be expected to go to those. It will be like a, this is like a bonding experience for you to network, get to know people. It may seem, it may seem that you could opt out. I would highly recommend 
you close to never, if never, opt out. I guess this is two tips wrapped into one. So have a go-to drink, you know, some slight to carry around. It could literally just be soda. It could just be a juice with whatever. It doesn't have to be alcohol. But have a go-to drink and attend the events. You do not want to be the person that does not show up. You do not want to be the person that leaves very early. You do not want to be the person that shows up very late. Go to them because more likely than not, you will probably stay close to the whole time just because it ends up being fun and very interesting. Mm-hmm. But you kind of need need to go to those. Yep. You, you need to go to them. My related tip is never have more than two alcoholic beverages at any of them. Me and my two other summers at my office agreed kind of pretty early in the summer that we weren't going to have more than two drinks at any event. And I think I probably only had one at most of them um, because there's a reason firms take you to events and get you drunk. It's because like, they're testing you, right? Like they're testing your ability to like not give in to peer pressure and to behave in like unideal circumstances. And from what I heard from my firm and attorneys at my firm is like the number one reason people do not get asked back is because they did something stupid when they were drunk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did something, said something. Yep. It's not a good look. Yeah. You do not need to show like your true colors, quote unquote. You do not need to show like your true personality, quote unquote. You as a person sober should be the personality that you want to present at work. And that should not change at the networking events. It should not. Sure. Everybody's like loosening up a little bit laughing a little bit more maybe the topics are a little bit different with different people but your personality like how you present yourself to people should not change Mm -mm. nope and also just because someone else is speaking a certain way maybe that's more casually someone else is presenting a certain way that may be more casually does not mean that you should or that you have like the permission to. And I think that's kind of like a hard thing to understand and to swallow. And like, it was hard for me because I was like, why why do people get to dress like this? And like, we don't. And like, you don't get to show your personality as much in your clothing, like that kind of stuff. And the thing about that is this like, in a way in these spaces, you earn the ability to stretch those limits to like push against the boundaries. And uh, they view them as something that you earn, not just something that you can just have because that's what you want to do, which sucks. (laughs) That was so weird for me. Like that was very, very weird for me. Um, And (laughs) it's not only about like the things that you wear, but like a lot of the time, what I noticed was like setting your own schedule was kind of something that you earned with seniority and like producing good work. So there was um, an associate who would roll in at like 11 a.m. every day. Like he, he went to bed incredibly late 
and he woke up late and that was just like his schedule and he was like everyone knows this is my schedule and I produce really really good work so no one complains about it um but I was like well that's <laughs> that's a big jump that's a big jump from 8 30 <laughs> very very interesting um it was you know I don't think that people should have to like earn wearing comfortable clothing to the office but you know yeah yeah looking back for like clothing tips like things that unfortunately I think would be beneficial to people who dress in a more feminine way um closed-toed shoes don't show your toes as weird as it is do not show your toes like I'm so serious unfortunately I could scream at the top of my lungs. I hate when people wear open toed shoes to the office. I can't stand it. Why are your toes out? Yeah, don't just don't do it. Like, yes, cute sandals, summer vibes. I totally get it. Don't get me wrong. Some of my favorite, like nicer shoes are open toed. If you have other options, please just get a cheap pair of ballet flats that is walkable, comfortable, and does not get smelly when your feet are sweaty. Please, for the love of God, for the love of God. I literally just, so I am a heel person because I am 5'3", and I don't like when men think that they have any type of control or power over me just because they're taller than me. Um, because like I've said before, in my mind, I'm 5'10". And, uh, I don't like the fact that I'm not physically (laughs) 5'10". I wear heels a lot. Um, and I wore heels for the first like two weeks to the office. And then I was like, holy shit, (laughs) uh, commuting (laughs) in heels in New York is not very fun. And then I literally just went to I think like Marshalls or Ross and got like three pairs of ballet flats, closed toed ballet flats. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. And then along with that, this is also something I find very unfortunate because I'm a pants person, but honestly, the more dresses, the more like skirt suits you can wear. Unfortunately, it is looked upon quite favorably, I will say. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't think that's true at all for my office. I think at the office and I think generally it is looked upon more favorably here. Huh. I didn't notice that. You just have the options. You don't have to wear those things every day. I most certainly did not. Um, I would say that I recommend dresses just because I find them more comfortable than pants. It's fair. I'm the opposite. I prefer pants, but I think dresses were preferred in my environment. That's why do you think that is? Do you think it's because like they are expecting female attorneys to like perform some type of femininity? I think in a way, yeah. Um, and especially like the like the skirt suits, I think, uh, were definitely like a plus because there were other summer associates who wore those a lot more often. And I also noticed like just in my own experience, 
I always got like way more compliments on my outfit if there was a skirt or a dress involved. Interesting. I think I've said this before, but um, I didn't get any comments on the clothing I wore um, other than like one time me and my mentor came in in like nearly identical dresses. <laughs> that out. Um, and then <laughs> attorneys commented on my Telfar bag because we are very much a Telfar office. <laughs> Um, but like, I really appreciated that. I don't need you to comment on the clothing that I'm wearing. Yeah, true. And honestly, you guys kind of like set the vibe with your summer class, like whoever's among you, what people are wearing, like that sort of sets the vibe of, or like the expectation in a way you guys determine what your, what your business casual looks like. Cause for us, it was business casual. Yeah. Ours, we were business casual. And I think for the first couple weeks we were leaning way more business than casual and some of the younger associates were like hey like um our business casual dress code is like very loose like very loose and we don't want it to become any less loose so if you could tone it down a little bit <laughs> that was don't make us look bad please <laughs> right they were like you know, we're coming back from the pandemic. We're only in the office sometimes. Like we don't want to create an expectation that we're going to be wearing suits. <laughs> so that was, and but as far as like pants versus dresses or skirt suits, I think the female attorneys wore suits far more often than they wore dresses and skirt suits. Yeah, I really feel like it It depended on the attorney. I think I just definitely got the vibe that the the more feminine apparel was appreciated, but we really didn't have to go like professional very often. There were just like a few occasions, like pictures when we traveled to a different office, like for a few days and then some other things. But most of the time it was pretty casual. I will say like on that note too, we definitely had a range of like what makeup the women in our summer class wore. Like we range from people who didn't wear any, not one single day to people who wore like a decent amount of makeup every day. There was no one who like went like crazy full beat every day though. Yeah. So I was the only female summer at my office and well, there was only three of us. So it's not like, oh my God, they hired 12 men and only one woman. <laughs> um, but I didn't wear makeup basically at all. Unless I was going to court, I was not wearing makeup. And again, that was like, same with the clothes. You set the expectation of what you're going to do and what you're going to look like when you come into the office. And I don't think that women need to wear makeup to be professional or be in professional offices. So that was like the first time I had done that, not worn makeup to an office. Cause in my public defense internship, I was wearing makeup, at least light makeup, like concealer, eyebrows, lashes every day. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And I don't think anyone noticed. And if they did, no one said anything to anyone. Yeah. I really, the thing is, is like, if, you are a good person and 
you know, your work is good. They like, there's no reason in general for them to say that anyway. And there's no like trigger in like who you are that should make anyone say anything about that anyway. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of going back to communication, I would highly, highly recommend if this is not already something that you do, whoever you're like assigning attorney, project manager, whoever, get into the habit of like sending progress reports. Like, I don't care if nothing has really like changed in what you're doing. I found it just to be like very, very helpful because even if they don't always have time to physically check in with you or like come to your office or have a phone call whatever like it can just be so nice and also like a relief for them to just see an email come through from you saying like these were my tasks this is what I've done towards them this is when I maybe think I'll be done because then it also helps them if you ever like do need an extension or do need to change a due date of something if at all possible because then they can see like oh they've been working on it and they just need more time like they they have the evidence that like you've been trying. So I think it will just help you in the long run. It's it's just better. Yeah, for sure. I think like I'm a type of person where naturally I'm like, you tell me to do something and I'm only going to go to you when it's finished. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that does not work in big no. law. <laughs> that does not work in big law. That works in public defense where like, they do not want to be micromanaging you. They do not have the time. They do not have, that's public defense. In big law, I think the only consistent feedback I got was like, she needs to be checking in more often. And I'm like, God damn, I was checking in really often. (laughs) (laughs) So like more often than you think. Yeah, yeah. I think in a way, if you're somebody who's like not naturally inclined to do that, it can feel like, you're trying to like prove something or I I don't know. Like it definitely is just like a strange feeling to have to do that or feel like you're like answering to someone. But I don't think that's like really what it is. I think you're just showing them like I am working and I want you to know where I'm at in these things. Right. And I want you to know like if I hit a roadblock, I have been working. Now I have this question like – I, it should be valid always for them to answer and to help you. But like, you will always have the backup of knowing like you've shown them that you've been working. Right. I think it, <laughs> I think this stems from like, um, being the one child of like nine children that my parents didn't have to worry about. It's just like no communication, just like doing what I'm supposed to be doing all of the time, even yeah. if I'm <laughs> on me. Or like, oh. <laughs> I... If I am emailing you, I feel like such a burden, even if I'm updating you about like the things that I'm doing and it requires no work on your part. Yes. That was something I had to get used to. Yeah. Like the fear of just like being a fucking nuisance or just like maybe even like feeling incompetent that you have to like reach out and like say something. But I think you're just like showing your dedication. Like you really have to just like flip it. Like you're showing that like you are trying, like you are trying and like you want them to be in the know. Like I think about that with like my internship now, like it is a public interest internship. My supervisor is super busy. Like they're the director of the whole like housing division that I'm working under. There's all these attorneys and like connections to other public interest things and like 
they have their own life and other things that they're involved in. Like, I just send an email like, hey, this is what I was up to. They get my time log every two weeks, but I'm still just like, this is what I was up to. Here's when I think I'm going to be done with this thing. Like, I, you can look forward to trying to assign me another project. Like, once I turn this one in, like that kind of stuff. Because also that matters a lot for pacing for them to know where you're at in your projects. Because if you get a lot at once, it can be very overwhelming. <laughs> yep. My last tip, and I think this is like, one we shouldn't have to say, but be nice to staff. There's nothing worse than like a summer associate, a summer intern, or like a first year attorney coming in and being like an asshole to staff. They know so much more than you. They can help you. Don't give them a reason to dislike you. Yeah. Please, for the love of God, do not forget your manners. Yeah. And this holds true. Like this is something I have heard from so many people in so many different areas of law and academia. One of my professors this semester literally like called out a guy in a positive way because she was like, um, you helped my assistant take things back to her office after our event. And like, that was really kind of you. And just like made a big deal to be like, this is how we treat staff members in the legal field. And like, everyone should be doing this. Um, so I was always like, at, at firm events, I'm not only talking to attorneys, I'm like chatting up staff members too, because they're very helpful. They know a lot. And uh, more than that, they're just like people. So you should treat them nicely. <laughs> Yeah, and they're part of the firm, like they're part of the culture there. Ours, our events were always, everybody was invited. All the librarians, all the IT, all the um, legal assistants, all the paralegals, like everybody was invited. Interesting. We definitely had smaller events where it was just like summer associates and our mentors. Interesting. So there weren't, there wasn't staff there, but there also wasn't like partners there. Like the, the out-of-firm events were just the attorneys, but all the events that were at the firm were open to everybody, which there were, there were yeah. quite a few that were like at the firm, but the other, the other ones were, were smaller, where it was just the attorneys. Yeah. Okay. Kind of along with that, sometimes you will do other things, like with wherever you're working, um, but this is also just like a tip in general uh, for networking and this can be used when you're in law school and attending things if your firm sends you to a panel if you have exposure to somebody new and you have like a really good conversation um all the times where you're meeting new people exposed to new people and you are interested in continuing a relationship whatever mm -hmm. i hate linkedin but i will say if you connect with somebody I think it can be really important to send them a message along with your request and just say like, hey, I was at this panel. You talked about this thing. I think it was super interesting. Like if it's somebody that you would want to reach out to in the future, if it's somebody that you think is really cool, if it's somebody who just like whatever, whatever like connection you feel towards them, whatever like thing you think that they do is super interesting that you would like to talk about more, like 
just let them know like whatever that they did or whatever you talked about or whatever they presented on that like made an impact for you let them know because like that's like a really easy and important like point of connection with these people who are in the legal field they probably get requests all the time like it's a big networking profession but if you can like pinpoint like hey like my firm brought our associates to this panel that you spoke on and you said this about this and I just really enjoyed it blah 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 whatever like it doesn't hurt and it can definitely definitely help oh absolutely it's always better to try to like make those actual connections than just sending a random request Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because then they also don't know like one who you are even just based off of your profile and two like why you would be connecting with them and it's just always helpful context because sometimes they could message you and think like something completely else like I remember somebody messaged me after I connected with them and they were like oh like thanks for attending like this thing and I hadn't been there like I, I wasn't at the panel and I was like oh no like I actually connected with you because of this reason da 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 whatever and then we ended up getting lunch but mm-hmm. like they initially thought that I was at some other thing that they'd spoken at when that wasn't the case so if you provide the context there doesn't have to be any confusion right right um I guess sort of going along with that this is something we've talked about like quite a few times before there's like a hierarchy to when you have a question um especially in spaces where people are busy and also where there are support staff or associates who can give you the same help or at least lead you in the right direction before you need to go to the the you know supervisor or assigning attorney or project attorney whatever um learn those learn who you can go and talk to do not neglect your legal assistant do not neglect the office workers like even if you're at something public interesty like there are other people who can help you there are associates who can help you ask them for help right for sure and there's it's always going to be this balancing of like can you figure it out yourself and how much time is it going to take up because if if you're working an assignment and you're billing time and you're going to have to research for three hours to find the answer to something that would take 30 seconds for someone to explain to you, you ask the question, right? But if it's something like you can Google real quick and find out yeah. in minutes, Google it, always Google it first. Mm-hmm. Do not forget about Google. Right. It will, it will help so much. Um, actually there was one point in the summer where I already had quite a few assignments that I was like a little bit stressy about. And then it was a Thursday and I got assigned another assignment that was like due on like Monday or Tuesday. And I was going to have to write a memo. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to freak the fuck out. And me personally, I'm somebody who, when I get a project, an assignment, anything, I'm going to give it. I'm going to go talk to them if they're available mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go give it like a quick 10, 15 minute little search, searchy search, see what I see, see what the vibe is, try and estimate how long it's going to take me. Are things readily available? Whatever. Because if I have other things going on, I can't neglect those, but I need to know how long this thing is going to take me. 
Right. I was so stressed. And so I went and talked to the project attorney. They were like, this is what you need to look up. This is what I'm looking for. Just send me a memo. I'll look it over. And then I'm sending it directly to the clients. So I was like, oh, shit, shit. So I went back to my office. I literally Googled it. I Googled it. The state already has a pre-made checklist, full explanation. Yep. I called him. I said, it's already there. Can I just send it to you? And yep. that saved me potentially two days of work or whatever. And like, you just never know. Right. Give it a Google. Something very similar to that happened with the two other summers at my office where they were assigned to do essentially like a 50 state survey. And they just like found one and they were like, you know, it'll take us a little to update this, but like mm-hmm. it already exists. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's somebody out there who may have already done the work. Give it a look. See. Yep. Use your resources. Be smart about your resources. <laughs> <laughs> True. And your time. Yes. Be so careful with your time. Also, I think along with that, know what the expectations are because they're going to be different and mm-hmm. like just just make sure you know just just ask also find people that have done that thing before you like if you're doing something public industry find somebody from your school who's done the same thing or another school like always always look back look to the people who have come before you yeah. they will always most of the time I shouldn't say always most of the time be very willing to help you yeah even even when you're given specific assignments, I remember one of the assignments was like reviewing a contract and like finding the relevant statutes in different states. Um, and I was working on it with the other summers and we were like, we just don't know if we're doing this right. <laughs> like, and you'll feel like that a lot. And um, we just tracked down one of the associates and we were like, hey, can you like, take a look at this for a hot second and tell us if we're completely off base and he was like no like you're doing it right you're good and he even sent us a template of his excel spreadsheet bless up i know i love that there's yeah people will be willing to help you you just have to ask which is often something that is very hard for many of us to get over Mm -hmm. but we must (laughs) we must to be to be able to do our jobs and to be successful in whatever capacity we think success is. And yeah. 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 That's all for this week's episode of the in-laws. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the in-laws pod. We post these full length episodes every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure to follow us and write the podcast through whichever streaming service you're listening on. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.